right, this is the Square North Twin Show. Uh, special guest today, Patrick Roycey is here. Normally Patrick does a uh, podcast with Derek, but he's agreed to join me on this uh, fine Saturday here in Fort Myers. So, uh, Patrick, how's it going? It's a gorgeous blue day here, a little coolish, but uh, normally I don't like uh, night games uh, in spring training, but this isn't bad. The poor pirates had to come down here and... Uh, uh, Derek Shelton, glad to see him get a managerial job. I don't know if it was this one we wanted to see him get. I was kind of hoping he would get the Mets job because uh, he's a good enough personality that he could have handled the, the New York uh, media and stuff. But I guess they wanted, uh, you know, they wanted a little bigger name. And then they got one, and then they had to fire him, <laughs> Beltran. Yep. So now they don't have a bigger name. They got Louis Rojas. But uh he would have done well in New York, and I think that is a uh, still a team that's got a chance to win uh, with that with that pitching. Uh, they, he could have he could have won there. Pittsburgh is it's kind of sad they had their run there, uh, Jake, and uh, they had the what, three straight wild cards mm-hmm. and won four straight years. They won over ninety, I think, mm-hmm. high nineties. One year they won ninety eight and got to play one playoff game, and uh, they had to run, couldn't get her done, and now they're back to low budget. Uh, Losing baseball and it's and when that happens in Pittsburgh, uh, it doesn't work because it's obviously a football town. They can get excited about the Pirates when they're good, but when they're mediocre, they do not care at all. So what's the what's the best case scenario for Shelton here? Manage Pittsburgh for a couple of years and then move on to uh, a bigger market? Well, he'll you know I don't know he'll probably I don't it's it's a new kind of another new administration there, so he'll probably get three years I would think, and then. Uh, He'll look better when it's over than Clint Hurdle did. <laughs> Poor old Clint's, uh, you know, uh, he's got, uh, got the, got the uh, looks like, uh, you know, he is he is a part American Indian, so that's one reason he looks like he's uh, suffering a lot because of high blood pressure, but he's not actually. But he's, uh, you know, he, he was not having fun at the end because he knew that he had a shot and it, it didn't work there, but... Uh, yeah, I hope Shelton does well. He, I think, uh, I think our guy's going to miss him, don't you? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think he was a pretty critical component of that coaching staff, and I think if you talk to Rocco, he would tell you the same thing. They lost a lot of guys. I mean, the number of players who talk about James Rousen and the impact mm-hmm. that Rousen had, uh, it, it's pretty significant. And I think, I think they'll miss him. I, I, in your opinion, does losing do, members of a coaching staff does that? have a significant impact on you a know, team or is this team 10 years ago out? I don't think so but they've changed uh, the whole approach to uh, uh, coaching a baseball team now is okay they always try to get guys better but they never put as much work into getting them better with as much information as they do now and uh, I think you know they they had coaches who understood like Rousen okay this is what this is what the Analytics. I hate that mm. word, but there's nothing else to use at the moment. Uh, this is what the analytics say will make him better, and and Rousen was able to carry that forth and uh, and uh, get get some of these guys uh, to improve. And uh, I that's the one uh, departure that really surprised me because I I don't care if they named him bench coach or what. To me, it was an like all-time lateral move. Yep. There's no way a bench coach is more important than a hitting coach That's uh, right. in, in any operation. And uh, I, I was very surprised that he went to Miami. Now, maybe he thinks Mattingly will leave after another year and he might have a shot to be a manager. But 
or I, I don't. I mean, they wanted to live in Miami. I, I don't know what the deal was, but I, that that loss that really surprised me because actually two years ago uh, the hitters had a worse season than the pitchers, and right. Gavin Olson got fired, or Garvin Olson, yep. and uh, and uh, and Rousen got to stay, which told you how much they thought of him. So I, I was surprised that he lost. Yeah, I think. Uh, you know, this Mike Bell is—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's not Shelton's just sitting there next to him. A guy who's been in the game constantly. Bell's been in the front office for what eight, nine, ten years. Mm-hmm. Very low-key personality, it seems. And uh, certainly, Shelton was uh, a much more of a, a bigger personality. I think probably more willing to say, "Are you sure about this, Rocco?" Than than uh, maybe this guy will be. I, I don't know. But then again, I think Rocco is probably growing up as a manager, too. He seems to be a little looser about the occupation this year than he was last year. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't think he fully knew what he was maybe getting into last year. I mean, he obviously did a great job one manager of the year, but I agree, just in my couple of days down here, he does seem looser. Maybe that's just spring training, but uh, it does feel like he's, he's a little more laid back. The Twins have made a pretty concerted effort to have a lot of diversity in their coaching staff. And if I mean, if you think about the coaching staffs of the 90s and early 2000s, not much diversity, right? And, yeah. and, and they've really made an effort to, to bring in a lot of Spanish-speaking coaches. Do you think that plays a role in, in just being able to better communicate with, with some of the, the Spanish-speaking players? I, was, and, uh, uh, I remember eight, ten years ago, I was on them, giving them a hard time about not having a Spanish speaker, and uh, uh, not not only a speaker, but a Spanish communicator, and of all people, Rudy Hernandez, who was kind of an anonymous guy in the organization, was somebody they chose, and, and you really thought, okay, they're just putting him on the coaching staff, uh, because he's, he's a Spanish speaker, but it turns out the Latin guys love him, mm-hmm. Latin American guys, and uh, he's, a, he's a hard worker, and apparently... Behind the scenes, when you talk to him, he's very quiet. And in the yep. clubhouse, he seems to be quiet. He's got the card game going with the guys, but he has a great relationship. The uh, the uh, hitting coach they hired was completely anonymous, uh, and, and Valera, and uh, and it, I haven't even talked to him yet. I I, don't, I haven't seen his. Uh, I don't I don't see how he's uh, handling himself. But I guess a lot of these the younger players thought he did a great job with him so uh, yeah I think it's great I think it's uh, you know in, in the game that uh, you know the twins were behind the times and uh, when you look back what you go look at the minor league you go over the minor league complex 40% of the guys are from uh, Venezuela the Dominican or Puerto Rico yep. or someplace and you and you got to uh, you got to get these guys uh, you know you got to be able to communicate with them there's no doubt about it we're sitting here watching uh, the Pirates take infield before hey, the game. It's a great uh, thing. We don't get to see that. That looks like Pedro Foreman. That's it does. It might be Pedro Foreman. <laughs> you never know where he is. But they, uh, Jake, that's one of the great things about spring training. That's right. These guys from the past appear. <laughs> yes. And, you know, like the other day I went over to see the Red Sox their first day, and Sluggers is pitching. And then, oh, is he with the Red yeah, Sox? Then? No, he was Tampa. And okay, okay. Ryan Lamar's with Tampa, yeah. and who's a great guy. Yeah, and he is. You, you see, all, there was like, and uh, was just and Chris Herman. Though. Chris Herman falls the ball off Juan Centeno's face during that game. I mean, everywhere you turn around, there was there's another guy. This early, the best part of the early spring training is is 
Okay, which former twin am I going to run That's into right. that I had no idea where the heck he was? Yeah, yeah, we saw Hildenberger get lit up uh, Ooh, yeah, yesterday. Yeah. I don't know what happened to him. He was, he, 2017, 2018, he was one of their best relievers, and he just fell and off a cliff. I think that uh, people kind of got used to what he had to offer, don't yeah. you think? Yeah, yeah I think they uh, figured him out. It's, uh, he had that big sloppy curve and uh, change and stuff, and... Uh, Great guy, and yep. uh, he, he dazzled him for a while. But uh, uh, guys like that generally aren't able to stick around forever. So yep. I don't, I don't know. But he, he looks to be like one of those guys who probably keep trying until somebody says you can't do it anymore. Yeah, well, he made it a hell of a lot further than uh, than he thought he would have when he almost quit the team at Cal when he was a senior. Yeah. So get Theo uh, an interesting case. Now he got the other day he got lit up. He hung up. Slow curveball to a guy from uh, where the heck were we? I don't even know. Oh, Atlanta. And then, uh, then he, then he grew to, then he was three two and grew to fastball. And got you know run off him. But he hasn't pitched in the big leagues since April thirtieth, uh, two thousand fifteen, and he's got a chance. Yep. They need a lefty. They want another lefty. They're going to keep thirteen pitchers, meaning eight relievers, and there's probably no lefty right now that's beyond Rogers that's ahead of anybody. That's right. They, they've brought in Blaine Hardy, Danny Cologne. Uh Charlie Barnes might. Charlie uh, Barnes. isn't he lefty? Uh, he might be the. He might have the best chance of, the, of them. He's probably the front runner. But uh, and there's also the possibility they, they don't. They don't do stuff in the traditional manner. If, if they don't think any of the lefties is, is any good, they'll just take another right-hander. Because right, I was trying to figure out the right-handers. Okay, uh, you got. You got you got May, you got Duffy, you mm-hmm. know, and then Rogers the lefty at Clipper. the end, and then you got Little, Littell, Littell yeah. and then you got Clifford and Romo, and, and Romo, and Corey Stashak is yeah, Cody Stashak. Everybody is a Cody or Corey. Uh, Cody Stashak. Cody Stashak. Yeah. Everybody he faces, he strikes out, and he was good last year. He was pretty good. I'm not a big fan of his, but I don't think he's going to make the team. Well, I I don't think so either. But you'll uh, pitch oh, yeah. this year oh, sometime. You'll yeah. be among the twenty-five or thirty to pitch. <laughs> but they have uh, they have relievers they don't know what to do with. Yeah, they do. And Matt Whistler is on a guaranteed deal, so he's going to make the team. Yeah, what was that about? Who is he? I, so what is he? Good fastball or what? Uh, yeah. So he had high strikeout rates, and I think that's why they're taking a chance on him. But he even said that he was surprised he got a he got a major league deal. He was very bad for Seattle at the end of last year, ERA over five. Uh, yeah. But he had high strikeout rates, and I think they. He was another guy who uh, went to about three teams before the Twins when they started uh, getting claimed and reclaimed. Yep. And, uh, kind of an Oliver Drake like type. That. But, uh, yeah, they, uh, it is not the traditional. Here's the, the tip-off to me the first year uh, that these guys took over, and they worked fully, and, you know, they didn't have the whole analytic thing in place, Jake. They were just starting to piece it together. Yeah. You know, Robbie Anthony was in on uh, – Robbie's still around, and he's doing a lot of paperwork and stuff. But, how, uh, so let me, let me interrupt for a second. How has Rob Anthony – how has he survived this entire organization? I think he's – Real good on league matters, and okay. he can negotiate the contracts for the for the non uh, guy. And I think they, you know, he does. He does a lot of stuff that Falvey and Levine don't want to do. You know, I think he can do a lot of that stuff. 
So he doesn't have any uh, any pictures. Well, so there's no sort of blackmail situation. He's the the somebody told me that if Rob's around the office and he hears somebody grumbling about some task, he's not with it. So, but he was in on like still was the leftover guy who, who knew about the players that they right. had at the time. But the the tip off to me was Vaughn Hall Park, who they brought in the year mm-hmm. before and and uh, had to send him to Rochester for a while. So he, never he, came back? he came back, but in that spring training, yep. they were looking for a DH. They so yep. didn't have one, and he was phenomenal. Yeah, he, he was. Had, I think eight home runs, and he was phenomenal and. There was zero chance that if the previous administration had been in place and a guy had that kind of a spring, That's right. that they wouldn't have kept him. Yep. And yet, these guys, everything told them the bat was not fast enough to hit big league pitching, and they they didn't want to use a 40-man spot on him. So they kept Tyler Duffy as the 13th pitcher. And, uh, and I remember the day uh, Phil and I were about two of the only reporters left here and uh, and we were in the locker in the clubhouse there, and all and a part got called in, and everybody assumed he was being called in and told he made the team. And he came out and he was on the cell phone, and I heard talking like saying, "They got him," you know. And they, I mean, it was everybody in the clubhouse was absolutely shocked that he got cut. But as it turned out, he went to Rochester and hit two thirty or something, and uh, they were right about it. But it, they're we're down here. We're watching thirty-five exhibition games, and there's about two decisions yes. they make. There's about yep. two. We know the only decision is: can Marwin Gonzalez be the fourth outfielder? Which means Willens Astadillo won't make the team because I have to keep Gabe. I'd keep Lamont Wade, but they're going to keep Gabe. And uh, I would too. And because uh, he's a better athlete, but uh, I don't. I don't like the way he hits. He strikes out too much, but. Anyway, uh, that, that's about the that's the only personnel decision that the play the position decision they have to make is is uh, is there any way to keep Ostadio? And I think the answer is no. And then you know with a couple of pitchers at the bottom is is it? But that's why we're here for six weeks to find out two three things. And it used to be, you know, you you could win a job in spring training. But yep. Now you now you can't. You can't win a job in spring training. You can maybe stink bad enough to, right. you know. Ryan Lamar is the only one I can think yeah, of no, under right. this regime sure, that's right. won a job in yes. spring training. And that was because was somebody hurt or they needed an extra outfielder. They, yes. They needed they an extra outfielder, and he outplayed the other guys. That was Zach Granite was supposed to get that yes. spot, and I think they realized that he had zero power. And, he, you know, Granite hasn't made it back to the big league since. I know, but I actually, uh, if he was on the trip from New York, the Yankees played at Boston today. Uh, when we say this, we say Boston, we mean the Boston ballpark here in Fort Myers. But he was on that trip, so I checked. Uh, I had uh, Mitch, uh, Mitch check to see if he was on the traveling squad last night. Because I was going to go over and write a little piece on him. Because this guy's dog was named Jeter. He was like the Yankee fan yeah. of all time. Yeah, he's he, from Staten Island. Yeah, Staten Island. I thought it'd be a nice little 11, 11 inch piece. Because if enough, if a couple outfielders get hurt, 
you'll get to play in Yankee Stadium, yeah. which would be uh, fantastic. Really a nice guy, and uh, you know, a good AAA player, but not a not a big league. Well, and you, and you remember what his last moment as a big leaguer was, was missing first base in the uh, wild card game in 2017 in Yankee Stadium. If listeners remember, he, he hit a ball, it was like a soft ground ball, and he was trying to beat it out, and he he just, he would have beaten it out, but he just flat out missed the base. <laughs> I guess I vaguely remember that. <laughs> Why was he playing? Because Buxton ran into the wall and got oh, hurt before okay. hitting and okay. broke his ribs. Uh, oh, that was when Buxton got hurt. Yep. And He's, then, uh, yeah. yeah, well, he was, uh, you know, he was never going to be a guy that stays, but he's, you know, maybe he's a quad hang around. He's a quad a guy. A couple of guys get hurt. He can get up and get a few at-bats and play for a week. And he didn't, Texas, he never got back. He never no. got to the big leagues with Texas no. last year, though. They no. actually signed, they went out and signed him last year. They right? did. Yeah. yeah. I'll double check that, but I, I, don't, I don't think, think so. I don't think he did either. I looked, like, I looked yesterday, actually. To see. I think the only big league games he's ever played were for the Twins that one year, so. So anyway, I was rooting for him to be in, uh, you know, maybe the, the Yankees must play here, don't they? I'm sure they'll put him on that trip. So go go get him, Zach. Really nice guy. So speaking of Buxton, what is your sense in terms of how they're talking to him about trying to avoid the wall and trying to stay healthy? Because this, it's a delicate dance with him, right? I mean, if you take away his, his range and his aggressiveness, he's not the gold glove center fielder that he, that he should be, but... If he keeps running into walls like this and keeps, you know, hitting his head on the turf, he's going to miss another half a season. What, what's your uh, sense? It's really of difficult to, not only him for anybody. It's really difficult to see. You know, don't run into the wall when there's no chance to catch it. You know, is what you got to say. Is, uh, you know, I mean, sometimes a few of the time, about three years ago, he ran in the wall here in the first exhibition game, and you're saying, "What the hell are you doing?" Because yep. he ran into a full force and a ball he had no chance to catch and uh, I think that uh, they got greater issues with him in on that though they got a, he's I think he's still somewhat surly about the uh, the thing two years you ago think so? yeah, you think so yeah, you think he's still pissed about I, I that a, and uh, somebody told me that he's telling him he's going to be 100% healthy this time but I, I don't know it's an interesting situation they're not they'd love to see enough from him to get him signed to a deal, you know, but they got to, you know, this year is, uh, this year is, uh, we won't know till March 15th, is he going to play or not? Right, yeah. Uh, to yeah. me, he's really the difference maker, too. Oh, absolutely. This is a, this is a good team with, uh, you know, without him, but with them, they, they, they're better than good, I think, they're, they're terrific, because they... They take you from a below average. He takes you to from a below average fielding team to an above average fielding team. Yep. They, you know, let's say the fielding scale is five. They're two and a half, and with him, they're three and a half. You know, they're not great, but they don't care anymore. They they just want you know the, the whole idea of how fielding takes place has changed so dramatically. Is you know. And Blanco go in the hole and backhand the ball Doesn't and throw matter. it to first. Doesn't make any difference. He's standing there. Yep. <laughs> He's That's standing right. in the hole. Second base. Can he, oh, can he turn the double play? Well, sometimes he's so far over in the hole, nobody can turn the double play. And uh, it's uh, the traditional uh, assessment of middle infielders has changed completely. Is the shift bad for baseball, in your opinion? Does it take away some of the some of the action plays in the field that, yeah, that make baseball? Well, I think it is, but but I'm not I'm not one guy that says you can 
do anything about it. You can't. I mean, to, I mean, Rob Manford, as stupid as he is, knows that you can't tell teams where they can play guys and where they can't. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't think that you know you can't you can't start making marking it up like a football field and say this is where this guy's got to stand. Uh, I don't think there's anything to be done about it. So you know, you just you just play the game. And, you know, I kind of agree. A lot of people say, well, they should just hit the ball in left field and blah, 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 blah. I, I don't. You can aim the ball in the general direction, but you can't aim the baseball because there's nothing harder to do in sports than hit a baseball, in my opinion. I've always said that. Yep. No, I... Well, unless maybe hit a softball in fast <laughs> pace, but But to hit a baseball is the hardest thing there is to do. So, you, you know... And, and and as much analytics as they're offering pitchers now, it's it's harder than it's ever been. And uh, you know to to say, suggest that, well, just you know you know just dump the ball out the left field like Rod Carew used to do. Well, mm-hmm. there are there there's Carew and Suzuki and Wade Boggs and about five Tony Quinn and about six other guys. So anyway, Joe Maurer. Yeah, Joe could do that. Hey, Score North listeners, it's Phil Mackey here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company, which is here to give business owners that peace of mind that you need when you've built a company with your blood, your sweat, your tears, maybe not your blood, but whatever, like you built a company and you want your insurance team to be ready with a game plan that helps you recover if needed, recover smoothly so you can get on with running your business. Federated has a century of experience in helping business owners. You can find out more about the industries Federated protects at their website, federatedinsurance.com. And remember, Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours. Planning to buy a new boat this year? Glenn Perkins here from my friends at Nelson Marine. The Nelson Marine difference is about customer service and a knowledgeable team of sales and service pros. Two large showrooms filled with an impressive inventory of the best brands in the business. London Crestliner Fishing Boats, South Bay Pontoons, powered by Yamaha, Suzuki, Mercury, and Evinrude. Nelson Marine has been creating happy customers for 75 years. Visit their showroom on Highway 61 in White Bear Lake online at nelsonmarine.biz. The amount of information that players have to take in with analytics, do you feel like there's more of an emphasis on, does it pay off more to be intelligent now than it ever has because of the amount of information that these guys have to absorb and process and put into action? Well, I think that the smart teams are not trying to fill a guy's head with seven different things. They're, they're trying to, you know, you do this and this. And you're gonna you throw this, you throw the curveball instead of the slider, and you throw you know you, you the reason Buxton was so screwed up three years is three years ago and two years ago even is every time he came to the ballpark oh, somebody they, they gave him a different they idea him up, yeah. leg kick no leg kick blah 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 you know they they were giving him so much information and they had so many ideas I, I think you gotta I think the information is good because. I think at least these guys are smart enough not to give you too much of it. They, they, they try to detect your number one flaw and your number one strength and maybe give you one idea to eliminate the flaw or to reduce the flaw and, and one idea to, to make you optimum. But uh, don't, you know, they don't give you, 
I don't think they overload you. I, I, I see these conversations, and I don't think they're, you got to do this and this and this and this and this. They, they're they smart enough to only give you one thing. It, it's a, you know, I, I've been won over not necessarily on, you know, all decisions should be made on analytics. But uh, the first day I was at spring training, the first day pitchers and catchers were there. I saw Wes Johnson go over and sit down with Barrios. And he was sitting there, and I was just kind of 10 feet away right. listening. But he basically was telling Barrios, this is the way we're going to use you this season. And, and making sure he had Elvis Martinez, the mm-hmm. interpreter, sitting there, although he's unneeded but, but for, for this. But they wanted to make sure if Jose had any questions that he could answer. And it was basically, you're going to pitch every fifth day. And then... When we get into the part of the schedule where we can give you an extra day, you're going to get the extra day. We're always going to give you the extra day. In other words, you're going to pitch in a five-man rotation, not in a not on a fifth-day rotation, and that might cost you two or three starts. But we're not going. We're not doing this to reduce your numbers. We're doing this to make you better. You know, and I, it was. Except that they brought him to arbitration and followed him over four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Yes. But what I'm saying is. <laughs> no, I know. I know. What I'm saying is, they were, they were, right off the bat, they're not letting him think we're, you know, he doesn't have to wonder what's going on. Right. They're telling him exactly because you know they don't want him to have the if he doesn't have the August slump this year because he's made yep three less starts. Everybody's better off, including him. Yeah, like, he is he, by the way. Oh, he he's got to be. He's right up there with he's Buxton. Gotta be, he's got to be number one. So yep. He's got to be a number one starter. And I know everybody, you know, if you apply the Judd Zolgad standards to number one starter. I apply Judd Zolgad standards to everything in my there's, life. There's, there's four in the history of baseball. <laughs> Gibson, Koufax, Garrett Cole, and Verlander. That's the only four who are a number one starter in that world. He, you know, I mean, Phil Hughes, one year, was a number one starter. He was. Maybe not a number one starter for life, or wasn't, but he was a number one starter. And Barrios, if you pitch close to 200 innings and have an ERA in the low threes and stay away from the five lousy starts in six games, you're a number one starter. And you can go beat the Yankees in Yankee Stadium in, in game one. And, you know... But he's the only guy of that group that can be a, a, a traditional number one starter. Yep. Still. And another thing that they've done, I think, is is really curtailed how much he was doing in the offseason. Yeah, no yeah, no pushing trucks down the beach himself, this year. No. Yep, yep. Well, the other thing is, it's funny, my uh, my second son is kind of a baseball nut, but a, in a quiet way. And, and, but he, when Rios was... Uh, having his big struggle there. He sent me a text saying, his problem is he throws every pitch on the same plane. His breaking ball goes, you know, left to right. His fastball mm-hmm. goes left to right. There's, there's no up and down with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny, uh, Falby just said that, use his, him as an example of maybe you want his breaking, you know, you, we were talking about how you different. You want different things for different pitchers. And he said, maybe with him you want his breaking ball to go 
down more than sideways. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it struck me that yeah, what he was saying is they got to change the you know get change the plane that he's thrown on. And uh, it's uh, it it's it's uh, and if he does that, uh, it, yeah, all he got to do is stay away from the the August slump, and he'll be a hell of a pitcher. Yep. And it's interesting. What are they going to? But here, Jake, the other thing about Brius is the, the money that was given to pitchers this offseason made it virtually impossible to get him to agree to That's a right. four-year deal. Yep. Don't you think? I mean, oh, yeah. Nobody's going to. He's not going to take an Aaron Nola. He's not going to take the Aaron Nola four from 45. 45. Yeah. No, yeah. He's not going to do that. Yeah, I mean, because Why would he? Because there's, you know, there's, you know, there's 80 to 100 out there minimum, you know. Yep. Five years, so. If he if he just does what he's doing now, he oh, doesn't yeah. have to get oh, better. Absolutely. He doesn't have to get better. No, that's how, that's exactly right. Pat, I want to ask you about the state of baseball generally. So you've covered baseball for what fifty years? Uh, Nineteen seventy four was my first uh, spring right, training. So 40, about forty five years. Guy, yeah. So baseball's losing a lot of fans, a lot of young fans, right? The millennials and Gen Z is they're they're watching basketball and football. Yep, talking about I was I always I listen to because I'm down here I listen to the sports stations I listen to are like full time ESPN. Yeah, and all they talk about is the NBA. That's right. Now or the NFL, they never baseball is never mentioned except how embarrassed it should be by the Astros. Right. But, uh, so, so my question is: Is this going to be a niche sport in twenty years? When I when I when I think it is a regional sport, don't you think? Yes, it's a regional uh, sport. But I'm not sure niche. Here's my theory: There are so many of us now. Yeah. Compared to, okay, baseball was when we got the Twins in '61. It was way more important than getting the NFL team. It, it's what made. If we had merely gotten the Vikings, we would not be a major league. What made you a major league town in 1961 was baseball. Mm -hmm. And it stayed that way, but I remember late 60s, Forbes, Forbes magazine had a, a, a tattered baseball on a cover saying, is baseball dying? Something like that. You know, and and that was more because of the dead ball era, you know. And, right. Uh, and that, and, but, but it was, you know, the NFL was... That's about the turning point, you know, late 60s when the NFL started passing baseball. But I think, I don't know what the national population was, 250 maybe, and now it's 350. I think there's so many of us now that there's an audience for baseball that they can. And, and football, by the way, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, football is not going to exist. So Because of all uh, the concussions? Yeah, well, just because of... Nobody's, you know, anybody with a brain isn't letting their kids play baseball. Yeah, well, yeah. Football, yeah. I mean, yeah. so there's going to be a big audience to uh, to fight for, but there's no try, there's no denying that the average audience watching baseball on TV is 55 years old or something. And I don't know what you can change. You can't, all these dumbass ideas that... Uh, Manfred has aren't going to change it. I, uh, you know, maybe you become a, you know, a radical. Maybe you become a seven inning game. I, I don't know. Maybe you become a three ball two strike game in ten years. Uh, and you know, to, you know I, I don't know what's going to happen. To me, 
everybody talks about all the problems they got. Their biggest problem is time of game. Yes. Their biggest problem is time of game. And people say, oh, no, if it's a great game, if it's a great game, people will watch for four hours. No, they won't. I mean, uh, uh, it's, it's, it, exhibition games in 15 years ago, an exhibition game took two hours and 20 minutes. Now the damn exhibition games take three hours and 20 minutes. So what's the solution? Pitch, uh, uh, pitch clock? Uh, I can guarantee it isn't the, the electronic strike zone, which will make it harder to, which will prevent the umpire from giving you two inches if you want, if you, you know, on the plate if he wants to. Yep. I, I don't know what it is. It's, uh, anything that would cause pitcher, hitters to swing the bats is, to me, and, 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 and if you're going to go to electronic strike zone, make it a larger like, yeah. you know, electronic. I say make the black the white. It was my, is my idea that the black is a strike. And it becomes a strike. And then, uh, Anything to get these guys to swing the bats. You, you, if, if they, if you, you just. And the other thing is, because of analytics and because of everything and because of information, nobody ever just throws it over. It's every, 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 like in the postseason, every pitch is a, every pitch is a first down in football. I mean, every pitch is like treated like it's the end of the world. If I make a bad pitch here, it's the worst thing. So it's two-two. I'm not going to throw it over. I'm going to try to hit the corner with something that the guy can't reach, and then it's 3-2, and then you get two foul balls. And uh, I don't know, challenging, you, you can't get them to challenge hitters, but that's, to me, it's the, the, biggest, yep. the biggest problem in the game is just the number of pitches that are thrown is just outrageous. Go back and look at the 1960 World Series film that they found in Bing Crosby's attic. Oh, really? Yeah, he was he was one of the owners of the Pirates, and he was in Europe, and they made this recording of something on one of these old rolling things, and the MLB networks showed it like about three, four years ago. It was the only full videotape of the World Series. Wow. And there are just three one count. There are a bunch of hack monsters. You yeah. Know? A yogi swinging his pictures over his head. <laughs> Nobody, Nobody's there to get a walk. You know, there's... A walking man, uh, you know, some of these guys are called the walking man. They draw 44 walks a year or something. I mean, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's you know, swinging the bats, the biggest problem baseball has. They don't swing the bats. Williams Astadio should be the commissioner. <laughs> <laughs> he'd do a better be. job than Rob Yes, he would. And he'd say, swing the bat. The other day, he came up, first or bat of the year, boom, base hit right yeah. field. The other Yesterday I was here, and I and I heard, whoa, and I was not paying that much attention. Was it yesterday, day before, whatever? Batting for the Twins, Woolens Astadio. By the time I looked up, the ball was in play. The echo was still going around the stadium, and the ball was in play. We need more with it. This is the you. We've solved it. We need. 200 Williams Astadios, and that'll save baseball. Yeah, I would love and he to. won't even make the Twins. I would love to see it. So so my working theory about about the Astros scandal is that this is great for baseball. It's conversation, but, yes. Uh, right, so yes. it's kept baseball relevant in the offseason for the first time in years, and that's what the NBA has mastered. Yes. That the, NBA oh, is, the NBA is jealous. They'd love yes. to have a cheating scandal. That's right, and they... 
they have so much drama in the NBA offseason, it keeps fans engaged. It's, it's almost more entertaining than the actual regular season. So I think if Manfred handled this right, and I have no confidence that he will, this could be the greatest thing in baseball for years because people are talking, young people yes. are talking about baseball yeah. again. Well, Do you, you agree with that? Right, no, right. I, I don't think it's a terrible thing for baseball. I, I don't think it is either. I was thinking the same thing the other day because there was about a three-day period when you turned on ESPN radio, and they were talking about it mm-hmm. instead of talking about our Kyrie's quotes about the Nets uh, going to offend the young players next year. You know yep. this nonsensical NBA drama stuff. Uh, I, yeah, and I I think it's okay. We get to go out and boo the Astros for all year. That's you know the Astros will probably draw huge crowds instead of a lot of low crowds. Now. I, it's got to keep from getting violent with people being complete idiots. But uh, you know what? I, you, I mentioned you. I started covering baseball in 74. And baseball players who fail, like the Mount, Mike Balsingers of the world, always want an excuse. Mm. And this is, you know, they have now embraced this. Is, uh, Mike Balsinger, the, the, uh, the uh, segment of his career before he got released that he's trying to base his lawsuit on, he walked three of the four hitters. <laughs> Somebody got a hit. Right. You know. Yeah. But if, if they hadn't known that sloppy curveball was coming, man, they would have all been <laughs> hacking at it. So I, I don't, uh, I, I am, I guess I am not properly upset about this. Uh, well, so in your opinion, to me, the Astros might be a little bit of a, uh, of a scapegoat. But I, I have a hard time believing they were the only ones engaging yeah, in some sort of silence. They were probably a little more sophisticated because Ludow is a bad guy. Yes. Basically. Yes. And A.J. Hitch, the A.J., I give him credit for his his benediction interview, but he knew every little I know. I know. I know. I know. That's why they hired him, because he was a, you know, because he knew everything and he monitored everything. And, uh, well, listen, Hinch knows the only way he's ever going to get another job is to take the exact stance that he's taking yeah, oh, right yeah, now. Yeah, that's right. You know, I thought Cora might, but uh, Cora might be more of a bad guy in this than I thought he was. It, it, it is funny, though. I think they were ready to whitewash the Red Sox, and now because of the big, uh, because of the big uh, pushback they received, excuse me, because of the... Uh, uh, because of the big uh, pushback they've received, uh, uh, judges texted me. I know, I'm, I'm seeing that. The owner of the press bar torched it. He's been arrested. The press <laughs> bar in St. Cloud got uh, arson fire, insurance fire. So uh, the breaking news. <laughs> breaking <laughs> news. Jones got breaking uh, news on, about even nowhere. On a bar, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think that the, the ask, you're right. I, I, I'm surprised the Dodgers have been as loud about that. It's because I think they were cheap too. But uh, you know, I have said though, Jake, that what can we do about it? And I said, all we can do about it is call in the 30 managers and the 30 owners and the 30 general managers and say, we got a new concept: honesty. Wow, <laughs> honesty. You know, if you if you're gonna ask a group of human beings to be honest, yeah, that's, well, that's, that's asking a little much of yes, anyone in any profession. Yeah. Uh, now belongs in the current uh, administration. That, that's exactly. Right. <laughs> he's right in my. He's, he's he fit right in. Perfect. Maybe we yeah. should maybe we should put him in charge of the cr- cr- coronavirus <laughs> instead of Mike right. Pence. 
Yes. Just stop drinking that Corona beer and we'll be all fine. <laughs> you morons. Poor oh. Corona beer, man. They, they, they might go bankrupt. Unbelievable. All right. All right, but we've been going on for a long time. I want to end with this. This Twins team, in my opinion, is is arguably the best team going into the season that, that I've seen maybe since since 2006. And we didn't know that team was good until a third of the way into the year. Yes, yes. Do you see this team as a legitimate World Series contender? And if not, what do they need to do to get there? Yes, I do think there. I mean, the Yankees, you can talk about the pitching mismatches, but, uh, uh, you know, Paxton's got a bad back. Severino's gone for the year. Sometimes you get unlucky. You know, they're going to go into the postseason. Uh, if they, you know, hell, bad things can happen. they got four guys that haven't seen play yet, basically. Yep. And, uh, you know, Buxton might not play. Who knows? But uh, if they're healthy, and they're going to go into the postseason and probably uh, be the second favorite, maybe the third favorite behind Houston and the Yankees. And, uh, yeah, they can win. They can win this lineup. I've said it's the best lineup in Twins history because the best lineups were 77 was great. But the teams in the 60s uh, were powerful and, and wonderful teams. But Jim Cotton and Camilo Pasquale didn't hit like Nelson Cruz. They were nice hitters. Cotton was a good hitter, but he wasn't going to hit 40. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. Driving 110 or 20 or whatever the hell. So when you throw the DH in, it's a, it's a fantastic club, and it's, it's, it's all based on health, I think. It's, uh, they're not now that, ladies and gentlemen, they're not going to win 101 because they're not going to win 55 on the road again. That just, that's unreal. And they're not going to hit 307 home runs. But they're going to hit 250. And they're going to, uh, and they're going to, uh, win, they're going to win over 90. And, uh, if they're healthy, they're going to win over 90. And they have, they have pitching options. They have, you know, seven. If you throw Shasheen in the group, mm-hmm. you got seven starters, and then you got Dobnik and Smeltzer. You got nine starters. So uh, it's uh, they got they got options, and uh, they much better pitching options than they had when they left here last year. So you know, last year I think at one point they were fifty-eight and seventy-six or something like that, or seventy-six, whatever it was. And I said, if you'd asked me last year. If you'd ask me when they left spring training, were they going to be 20 under or 20 over, right. I would have said 20 under. Right. So you right. never know. I mean, bad things can happen. We thought they were going to be good in uh, 2018. In 11. Well, in 11, <laughs> and they, went, they, they only lost 50 of their last 69. Our, so, good, uh, our good friend Phil Mackey wrote a column in spring training that year saying the regular season doesn't matter. Can we beat the I've said it a hundred times. I, nobody asked me any question when they see me waddling around here in spring training that year that wasn't, hey, Roycey, can we beat the Yankees? And I was saying, let's get there and see what happens. Uh, so I always think, you know, baseball, maybe it isn't as mysterious as the NHL or the, uh, or the uh, NFL, you know. But there's a lot of pep there's, there's a lot of pep 162 pep games. Yes. Yeah. Strange things can happen. So, That's right. But I think it's a, uh, uh, a hell of a ball club. Now, I want Palaka leading off and a rise hitting ninth. And I don't want Eddie Rosario hitting seventh and eighth like I'm seeing because that'll put Eddie in a bad mood. We want Eddie in a good mood. We, definitely, hit. we want Eddie in a good mood. We, we want Eddie hitting at 
no lower than sixth, which means, you know, Bucks and hitting eighth, the Rise hitting ninth, come on back around the other way. You got Blanco, Donaldson, Sano. I mean, Blanco, Donaldson, Cruz. And, and then whoever you want to hit fourth, Rosario, Kepler, one of those guys. Well, they hit, or you could argue, hit Kepler first and Polanco fourth. Well, Rosario was one of the worst hitters in that lineup last year, and they hit him fourth every game because they didn't want to piss him off. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> he'll have a better year, by the way. Maybe not statistically, but he'll have better clutch at bats because now he's making some money. Yeah, now he's making some money. Last year he was worried about the money. I don't think he's as worried about the money now as he was last year. I don't think there's a more talented hitter, bat to ball skills on best the team than Rosario. He's best got hands. unbelievable Some hands. Some of the best hands I've ever seen. Yep. You know, he's got crew hands, but powerful. So, so Pat, uh, uh, for listeners, up on the uh, the Jumbotron here, they've got a picture of Derek Shelton uh, walking out. Rocco said he was going to pull some pranks on Derek Shelton tonight. Walking and, uh, out in the snow? Walking out in the snow. His white pants? I'm guessing that was from 2018 when they went to Puerto Rico. <laughs> uh, he's got his white pants on, flashing, uh, looks like maybe a peace symbol there. Okay. I, think that's, I think that's the first of oh, many so posts. Rocco's doing some stuff. Oh, yeah, Rocco said he was going to do some stuff today. Right. So. Well, that's good to see that side of Rocco a little bit. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I appreciate it. Thank okay. you for your time. Press bar, burn down, according to Judd Zogad. You heard it here first. Your story. It lives in River City where you can enjoy a metropolitan vibe and a small-town feel, where we set the standard for service and looking out for one another, where there's so much more than steak in our thriving food scene. Your story is the story of Omaha, told by those who live it and love it, whether that's helping you keep up with the Cornhuskers or creating the content you crave. And here in the Omaha World Herald is where it comes to life. Omaha World Herald, where your story lives. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Change your vehicle's oil before your summer road trip and save money now with Pennzoil and O'Reilly Auto Parts. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic for just $22.95 after mail-in rebate. Save money and protect your engine against sludge and wear with the synthetic oil change. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today or OReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.